This is Dave Gordon, and while I'm not actually listening to the show, I'm doing the bumper for Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess and take that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. It's TalkCast 134, and as luck would have it, it's Avengers Night here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Nick Fury, assemble the Avengers. Deep in Area 51 at the sub-level 14 cinema, raking in a billion dollars. Playing Nick Fury, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight are the usual suspects in the Revere Time Vortex, Soundboard Vixen, playing Iron Man because she loves Tony Stark, but only for the violent scenes. It's Kriana. I still don't know why I'm Tony Stark. I think it has something to do with the red. From the stacks of her personal silent zone in the dank dungeon reading room, playing the Hulk because she's just mean and green, it's Zombrarian. Come on, losers, we're going to do science! <laughs> okay. <laughs> From the four-color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, as Captain America because he's got uh, under ruse to prove it, it's <laughs> Illustrator X. Well, my god has a hammer, ladies. Ooh, that's just creepy. <laughs> Should have been the and, tagline for the movie. <laughs> and his lovely ingenue playing the Black Widow without the accent, it's the dead redhead. What do you really have in your basement, Mr. Fury? Why does it sound like Boris and Natasha over there tonight? <laughs> if we start going moose and squirrel, I think we're in trouble. I think Something it's more Natasha right. and Bullwinkle. <laughs> oh! Snap. And if he was here tonight, he would be playing the Hawkeye of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, Hank Pym. I mean, Awake by Java. But he's not here tonight, so he can't be doing it. Our guest tonight was going to be... Uh, Who's it going to be? Oh, Mike Pesci. Uh, the director of- oh, classy. Thank you. Uh, well, it would have been nice if he was here, but he hasn't been here. So he's not going to be on the show tonight, I guess. And we'll try and reschedule him for sometime in the millennium. Um, because it's been an interesting year in science fiction. We have had uh, quite the week. What would we like to start with tonight? I uh, do, you, do you want to start with the Avengers tonight? I think we should start by making sure that people who either hear us tonight, because it'll be tomorrow, or people listening on Saturday, because it'll be the day before, and they would have missed it. But it's a time we ha- paradox. It's a time paradox. We have to say happy birthday to Illustrator X. Aww. Yay! But what's <laughs> Who once again proves that time dilation is simply a matter of 
turning around and around in his bedroom going, I'm really only 19. I'm really only 19. I'm really only 19. <laughs> so what are, we, what are we doing for our birthday? Besides me taking the dead redhead out to a movie. Because <laughs> hmm. well, that doesn't sound sketchy. Not at all. <laughs> oh, I'll be sketchier by far. I'll be taking uh, Cape Cod by storm at Nauticon this weekend. Oh, my. And I'll be reporting on said convention for your edification. So when this, oh, when yeah. this podcast actually <laughs> goes up on Saturday night, you will be on Cape Cod going, I can't believe booga, she's... Booga, booga. Uh, actually, actually... Well, <laughs> excuse me, everyone. We're having some technical difficulties. I need to be Brian. Earthquake. <laughs> Uh, for the record, I did not do that. It was Barnabas. Oh, no. <laughs> Barnabas looks a hell of a lot like you at this point. <laughs> okay. But no, I'm going to be doing some panels uh, Saturday from 6 to 8 p.m. and uh, one on Friday night at 10 p.m. So, uh, And apparently when I get there, I'll be told what it is I'm doing panels on. <laughs> I but, the panel that you're doing on Friday night is, oh, my God, what is she wearing? But, you know. <laughs> Where are my underpants anyway? <laughs> well, well, I think that's for Saturday night. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Well, well, you know, look, we, we did have Pam and we did have Pam and Mary on to to plug the Nauticons show that, that this is the first year for this, and I am looking forward to it. So I'm I will be happy to. Yeah. Now I understand there was a was another festival that just took place, which we're saving for the second half of the show. I thought. Yeah, we the suspense. Ah! I can segue from that though. I can totally segue from that because there's another festival taking place right now. There, there is. Go. There is. It's the Cannes Film Festival. Did I pronounce that correctly? No. Well, I don't know. Cannes. I don't know. No, no you, you don't on, pronounce on. the S say at the like, end. Say it like the it's chef. It's French. It's con. Con. The exactly. fancy French call it the Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> there we go. And at the festival right now, there is an amazing looking film called Haunter that um, has Abigail Breslin in it. And I wanted to mention it because it sounds like a really, really cool take on a ghost story. Instead of being from the point of view of people who move into a house and find out it's haunted, it's from the point of view of a family of ghosts as they try to connect to the people who've moved into their house and try to get the living people to solve their murder from 1986. Is there eighties hair? There was not any eighties hair in the still I saw, actually. Okay. Because it's not Beetlejuice. That, that sounds wow. like if maybe if Beetlejuice had been a serious film. Sort of, yeah. Saying it wasn't. Beetlejuice mixed with American <laughs> horror story yeah. somehow. If we say it one more time, he'll appear, guys. Say what? Beetlejuice. It never worked. I used to try when I was a kid. Never worked. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he... Yeah, that, that does kind of sound really, really interesting. Uh, you know, because there's just been... I, I've spent this week watching uh, some incredibly bad films. <laughs> and this one's like this. It's, 
it's on sale for international purchasing. So all of the high-powered music, movie executives who are listening right now should hop right on that. Get over to Con now. Exactly. Con! Sorry. Ricardo Montalban, we talking when to you get there. Bernadette Cumberbatch. And also, um, speaking of Abigail Breslin, I didn't know this. Probably it's old news to everyone else, but she is going to be in Ender's Game. So she now has some serious sci-fi cred. Or she will when it comes or out. Or she will when Ender's Game comes out. If it's yeah. good. If it... Thank you. <laughs> I think she's going to do a good job. It sounds like uh, sounds yeah. like some interesting projects in the office. Yeah, just because you're doing a sci-fi project doesn't automatically give you cred. Well, yeah, she's you might want actress, to talk to David Hasselhoff uh... about that. Yeah. Well, I was going to say uh, Travolta the there. <laughs> Funny story, I watched Carrie today and was surprised to see John Travolta because I had never seen Carrie before. Oh, okay. <gasps> oh, and, and you saw, the, you know, PJ's. Yeah, I saw, I saw those. <laughs> X loves PJ Souls. I have yeah. a picture with her kissing him. Yeah, and and you know I'll pay off the blackmail sooner or later. So <laughs> you give me the negatives, right? Digital, honey, digital. Ah, Everything is magnet. Um, so I hear they're redoing the Hulk. <laughs> uh, okay. The Avengers. They're kind of, no, their ABC is actually the TV uh, show trying to do the. Uh, the TV show, and I find that interesting because The Avengers is actually the first time since the Bill Bixby era that the Hulk has actually worked. I mean, I it, completely it, disagree. Really? Why the would Ed you Nort the Ed Norton film was fantastic, and I'm speaking yeah. as a diehard Hulk fan. Um, well, Ed was it fantastic because Edward Norton is in it? Uh, that and was, was that one of the, the reasons. Only reason? <laughs> that was one of several reasons. He did a dead-on Bill Bixby. I was really impressed with that. They really captured the best parts of the show without, you know, the boring parts, which were the f most of like the beginning, middle, and part of the end. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there was some really good stuff in the show. And yeah, there uh, was like two minutes of good stuff in that show. So clearly, <laughs> clearly, it deserves. Two movies and a remake. Yeah, I'm not sure why people keep going for the Hulk. I'm really not. And, why? Well, At I some know point, you just got to stop awesome. trying. But because... let's face it. The Hulk hasn't worked in any medium except comics. Ever. No. Because... Well, that's, that's not true because the television, the original television series that Bixby did ran four seasons. That doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> yeah. Little How long has NCIS been on? But it was good, and that's the difference. Well, okay, well, well, Brian just said, Illustrator X just said that it was boring in the beginning and middle and most of the end. As far as, as, far as the fact that when you're a seven-year-old kid who wants to watch the Hulk break stuff and you have all this plot, it's like, come on, man. I mean, I think that in the movies now at least they're like, okay, if you're going to have the Hulk... <laughs> then he needs a supervillain to fight and some special effects. I mean, thank God the special effects have caught up. But I understand uh, the special effects haven't caught up to the Hulk. And again, I disagree. Look, there's a couple of things we need to think about in terms of the Hulk. Yeah, for you, I get it, X. You have a beef with Lou Ferrigno. 
I get that. Okay, well, that's yeah. true. I know that. But look, the original series went from 78 to 82. It was nominated for three Emmys. It actually won one in 79 for Outstanding Actress in a Leading Role with Marriott Hartley. That still doesn't mean two- anything. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Have you seen the bullshit that wins Emmys? And it also got two other Emmy nominations for technical cinematography and music composition. If you listen to some of the music that was in that show at that oh, time. Oh, that was haunting. Which has nothing to do with any of the good. movies or the show itself almost at all. But my point is it has everything to do with the show because in 1978, there wasn't that attention to those kind of details in a lot of stuff going on. Okay, and but it, if, the, if the music was good and the rest of the show was kind of crappy, that doesn't make a good show. I'm sorry. I, the person who's saying the rest of the show is kind of crappy is you. And I'm, I'm just, not. I'm not. I, I'm saying, I'm saying that why do you think it worked? And the fact that it won an Emmy is not an argument for it working. The reason, the reason that I think it worked is because the Hulk was is frankly one of the most compelling characters in comic books. That's not an argument, though. Okay, how about this? How about this? The reason the Hulk TV show did ultimately work, uh, despite some dull stuff, was the fact that it followed the the, the, uh, pattern of The Fugitive which is oh, another really? highly successful really? series. Um, so basically, it's, it's Lay Miz with a Green Mutant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Jean Valjean gets ma- angry... Uh, oh, no, Kriana, you have to understand, though, what we had at the time. You have to take it for what it was at its time. And at the time, it was pretty amazing of a show. Now, I realize that it's for us old fogies, no, no, that's not that. even what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, why did it work? And I'm just saying that winning an Emmy is not a criteria for something being good. It no, but, but at the time, Bill Bixby really was a hell of an actor. Yeah, and the Oh, wait, wait, of... Bill Bixby is an actual person? I thought that was the Hulk's alter ego. No. Oh, no, no, oh, it's Bruce Banner. <laughs> oh, right. Actually, he was David Banner in the TV show, but it was... Um, what Bill was Bixby the point of that? <laughs> What? Why would they change it from Bruce to David? No, 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 because because it was felt that the the name Bruce Banner was too gay. Seriously. Really? So they changed it to David, and and then then the show is like less gay. It's David Bruce Banner. First name that was the problem there. (laughs) 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 How can a name be more or less gay? Well. Oh, well, uh, I mean, I mean, that's a pretty generic name. Well, what about Becker Sniff Pantycrotch? <laughs> well, that, that would, would not be, an be a gay name because gay guys don't usually go for Who said it was a guy's name? Thank right. you. Right. Right. Moving on. <laughs> okay, so how about at least Hell of a Bottom Carter? <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, we've got. Let's add to the list of people we'll never have on the show, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think she'd come on even though we said that. I think she'd come on because we said that. Helena Bottom Carter, if you're listening, you are invited to be next week's guest. Absolutely. (laughs) Screw next week's guest. Who's next week's guest? Um, Director Tony Diana with Attack of the Atomic Zombies, the official film of Boston Comic Con 2012. Oh. Yeah, if we get Helen Bonham Carter, he's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You're out, buddy. I mean, I know we sat next to you at Boston Con, but sorry. I, I think he'd understand, though. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that phrase could also apply to a, several situations. <laughs> it probably could. Graduation speakers. What, Helena Bottom Carter? <laughs> no, if if we get Helena Bottom Carter, you're out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Roommates. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think Tim Burton may have said that first, but that's yeah, okay. Yeah, I was going to say Tim Burton films. No, he films. said that to Lisa Marie. Oh! Oh! Snap. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's, let's change the topic to celibacy. <laughs> What's this about, about Tesla getting his own getting his own biography made into stuff. Because that's going to be awesome. That is going to be awesome. Have you read the Oatmeal's I wasn't comic being about Tesla? I wasn't being sarcastic. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Incredibly awesome. Okay, X and Dead Redhead, I can't hear you at all. I don't know what's going on. You guys got very quiet all of a sudden. I'm sorry, can you hear us now? A little bit. A bit better. Wow, yeah. we're like right on top of the microphone, literally. There, no, you're good. Oh, did you have to jiggle the thingy? I did jiggle my thingy. <laughs> and we're back to Helena Bottom Carter. <laughs> In other news, Lance Henriksen just added me to a conversation on Skype. Oh! Hi, Lance Henriksen. I'm, I'm not sure why. There's someone I'm not, I'm not buddies with called T.L. Foreman. I don't know who that is, though. I know that name. Did we interview him? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So anyway, tell us about tell Lance us about TL. If you're listening, sorry, I don't know who you are. <laughs> but Lance, call in. Lance, ask him if he'd like to come on and join us because we don't have a guest tonight. Well, I, I, I said howdy, but but he hasn't responded to me yet, so it may have just been a typo. I like to think I'm important, but sometimes I'm not. <laughs> So we no, were talking. Seriously, I want to hear yes, about Tesla. Tesla. Tell yeah. Tesla. I, I have. I don't know why, but I have this absolute craving for Tesla info on him. It just seems like there's something there that we still don't know about, and I just there's think he's tons of stuff there mysterious and interesting, yeah, and like this really strange scientist that we don't know a whole lot about. And he was like this genius, and he did all this weird experiments and stuff. What? Wait till you read the rest of the Callahan series. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, Spider has woven Tesla's uh, character. He frequents char- the bar. Cool. He, he frequents the bar and, and Lady Sally's whorehouse. And David so, Bowie played him w- in that movie. Wouldn't so. you? <laughs> yeah, I absolutely would. Oh, my God. Yes, I would. <laughs> ew, ew. Enough, <laughs> enough. Yes, Gross. the... Uh, not the illusionist. Um, the, the magician. The prestige. No, the movie about where we had uh, Wolverine no. versus Batman. Yeah, uh, the prestige. The, the prestige. prestige. Yes, yes. And, and David Bowie played Tesla. Oh, that's right. Yes, he did. I didn't even notice that that was David Bowie. Now I love that movie any even more. Yeah. It's up there on my list of top five bad movies that I actually really really love. <laughs> I can, I Along can with that. Gangs of New York. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> I have not seen that one, so I can't it, comment. Don't just no, don't. It's a I terrible, hear, uh... terrible film that I. It's about big hats, right? <laughs> a 
It, it stars Java's new love, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Tesla's been played by David Bowie, which is kind of funny because he was celibate his whole life. I was not joking when I said that. Right. He felt that celibacy was the only way to devote himself entirely to science. So much like Mr. Cumberbatch's character, Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Eh, Cumberbatch. (laughs) (laughs) Which we finally got to see. Let's go down to the Cumberbatch. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We we finally got to see the first two, and oh my god. It's the Cumberbatch, Charlie Brown? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. The Hounds of Baskervilles almost had me drooling. Oh, yeah. So good. I haven't seen any of the oh, new yeah. ones yet. I'm really excited to, though. Yeah, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the uh, new incarnation of Sherlock Holmes, which had its uh, second season of three episodes. And it's, it's never enough. It's not enough. Why are it's... they so short? It drives me I nuts. I know. I know. Well, I, I think that's actually the perfect way to do it because they do three incredibly well put together one hour films. And then you watch so much more. That's right. Three more, and you still, they leave you wanting more. And it's Definitely. the difference between that and, you know, 24 episodes of Friends. Or Fringe. <laughs> friends? Or Fringe. Oh, don't even no, not Fringe. Because fringe. the season ender of Fringe was killer. Yes, Literally. Was. Literally killer. And you're yes. not going to watch it, so don't give me no spoilers. <laughs> but the reality is uh, they are set up for their final 13 episodes next season. The uh. writers are in position to close out the series, and uh. it looks wonderful. Yeah, you know, I can certainly see how they could have just wrapped it in <laughs> with that episode, though. Yeah. Very, very easily. Yeah, They absolutely could have. So, yeah. so do you all want to know why I haven't gotten a chance to see Sherlock yet? Why haven't you? Uh-oh. Because Diablo <laughs> 3 is... came out. Zombrarian what came out? Diablo 3. Ah. Kriana? Yeah. Oh. Zombrarian's calling Brown. I think we lost Brown. somebody. Uh-oh. <laughs> Zombrarian, no. I was starting this topic for you. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying right in the background right now. <laughs> there she is. For for those of you who can't see what she said, the caption is "Don't miss me. I want to talk about Diablo." I could hear you from the <laughs> other room. <laughs> I was so upset. I was frantic. So close and so far away. Mm, well, I well. thought Diablo Cody was a perfect director for Juno. And a silence, a pervasive. <laughs> Diablo is actually kind of an old game. It is. Somebody um, mentioned the other day, and it doesn't seem that long ago to me, but it really is. Uh, Diablo 2 came out in 2000. Wow. It has been 12 years since there was a new Diablo game, if you don't count the expansion to Diablo 2. And nobody does. does. (laughs) Even though it added possibly the best character class of all time, the Assassin, which is my favorite. And... Dear future lesbians out there, playing Diablo 3 is a great way to impress hot chicks. <laughs> Just saying, it worked for me. Diablo 2 worked for us. 
I've, I've got to tell you that around the office where I work, uh, Diablo three has been the talk. And, uh, actually our own, uh, Dave Von Doom, uh, <laughs> is playing it tonight. Good the for very him. first time. Dave Von Doom, I, Diablo I Virgin. Like, I'm not <laughs> sure how I feel about it yet, though. Like, I love it because it's Diablo. But some of the changes, I kind of sit here and think, well, why did they do that? Some of the things seem changed just to make it different. Not, yeah. because, not because it was better, but just so it's not the same. And there are different things that I feel like they could have enhanced, especially with the advances in gaming technology. And I'm not sure that they have. Then again, I haven't played for very long. I'm yet, only so... level seven, everyone. <laughs> Our judgment yeah, is reserved. Level seven. I'm level six still. Ha ha. Who is number two? What? Sorry. <laughs> I don't so... play games, so I had to shout something. No, wait, wait a second. So, uh, X... Yo. How's your pong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, X, don't worry. Diablo Diablo 4 will be Diablo Retro, and you can play it on your Atari. He, he's got, he doesn't have his Atari anymore. He's got his ColecoVision hooked up. Oh, boy. No, no. <laughs> okay, I take that as an insult because the, the controllers on the ColecoVision sucked. <laughs> and you're the only one who still cares about it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. The the movement controls that are built into Diablo three, you can change them easily, but the movement controls kind of suck. I'm not happy. Yeah, with it. I'm really unhappy about the fact that you have to be connected to the internet all the time, even when you're playing single player. Seriously, really? not cool. Diablo is not primarily a multiplayer game, and they're trying to push it to be like World of Warcraft or something. Well, because World of Warcraft was a huge success for them, and people love it. Which is and World of well, Warcraft, Diablo was a huge I would... success too, though. Yeah, right. But I would I would posit that World of Warcraft is the reason why we haven't had a new Diablo in twelve years because they've been busy focusing on World of Warcraft and how awesome it is. Or because all the people who did Diablo left the company. Or that, <laughs> which is also true. But for those of you in the know about Diablo. Slight spoiler alert: Deckard Kane appears to be it. impossible to kill. Just appears to be. appears to be. He got hit by a meteorite, and somehow <laughs> no, he got hit by a star. Yep, this guy has been in all three games, and he's really old and it's kind of he's, he's been old since the year 2000 he's been like 87 since the year 2000 he was <laughs> old in diablo one he's been like 87 since when did diablo one come out i have no idea <laughs> 1989 no i have no idea just but pulled that just, number out of my ass so if you, <laughs> if you want your one small spoiler that's it deckard kane is going to live forever and i'm pretty sure that in diablo 10 we're going to find out that he's evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. Because people who live forever usually are. Plus, the game uh, is called Diablo. Yes. That's true. Indeed. As opposed to Candyland. It's not Candyland. <laughs> is it, is it, it's not Candyland? What? Oh, that's what I've been doing. Those are candy time. canes? <sighs> Sorry. Lollipop Forest. No. <laughs> 
honey, those aren't so, lollipops. And that's really not a forest. <laughs> I, I, I stumbled across uh, one of my favorite blogs uh, today called Gamma Squad. And they had... Which is located the, at? Uh, Gammasquad.uprocks.com. And uh, Nathan Birch, who's, who's a very funny writer... Uh, wrote a column this week called 25 Great Ideas for a New Star Trek TV Series. Uh-oh. I'm sure there's more than 25. I'm sure there are, uh, which which is why, you know, I mean, some of them that he came up with, for example, uh, Star Trek SCSI. Oh, God. Space oh, Crime no. Scene Investigation. No. <laughs> Star Trek SVUNY. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> You know what? If they did the one for CSI, they'd have to get Renea Bergenois to, to play something. <laughs> right. Or uh, Star Trek Just More Deep Space Nine. <laughs> oh. Let's never do that. Deeper Space Nine. Oh, exactly. yes. Oh, my. <laughs> Deeper. Deeper. And that will be the entire Too deep! Deeper. <laughs> my favorite one was this old warp core with Jordy LaForge. <laughs> Sombrarian, you I totally watched that. that show. I watched that. Shit. Are you kidding? We would totally watch no, that they show. Should, they should give Sulu his own ship and just make it a comedy. Okay, Sulu, Sulu should have like a celebrity like talk show and it should just be called, oh my. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what, I, what, I'm, what I'm proposing and and dead redhead, this is totally up to you. Uh-oh. But for next week's uh, poll, uh-huh. your great idea for a Star Trek TV series. Ooh, okay. But that's not a poll. That's an open question. A poll has a set number of. I get uh, yelled at by X about this all the oh, time. Oh, who cares? Our polls don't have a set number because people can add them. All the time. Yes. There has to be a definite answer. There should, right? There should be at least some guidelines there, because otherwise you're just those chicks and heathers running around the, the calf, and <laughs> you know it's it's a sad, sad thing. And what, isn't it about what planet am I on? Things? Shit, huh? All of a sudden we went south for no apparent reason. <laughs> I think it started when when Illustrator X said heathers. <laughs> just gonna throw that one out there. Way back then. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. It's a really good movie. Sorry, Somebody had to. Okay. All right. I love the whole thing about the tipping cows because I know people who did that stuff. I don't know anyone who ever tipped a cow, and anyone who tells you differently is lying. Hey, how about this for a new Star Trek series? Star Trek, hey, what the hell happened in the century between the old series and the next generation? <laughs> McCoy lived the whole time? Or yep. or Star Trek The Red Shirt Diaries. There we go. <laughs> like the, That's like that scene yeah. in uh, it's in one of the Austin Powers movies. I think it's the ending credits and you see all of the wives of the evil henchmen getting yes. the calls that their husbands are dead and it's <laughs> terrible but it's so say, oh. funny. Guys, 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 I have a new reality show, and it's called Red Shirt, and it's how long can you stay alive? <laughs> kind of like the Hunger Games, only there doesn't have to be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> that would kind of work. That would 
definitely kind of Okay, so Dome, you have this on your list, and I have to mention it because I saw the trailer for True Blood Season 5. Oh my freaking god. And I didn't recognize the name of who they were saying was was a, quote, sexy vampire. And then when it got to the end, I nearly peed and threw up simultaneously. Because <laughs> it was Detective you know, Stabler. The penis himself. Yes, it was. Oh we have- my god. Is there anything less sexy than, sorry, Dome, a middle-aged balding man? Like, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Kriana and I have this inside joke. <laughs> Where we're pretty sure that Detective Stabler looks more like a human penis than anyone else we know. Than anyone else who's ever existed. Yeah, he's, he, he, the man looks like a penis. So if they ever do the TV show of Preacher, he has to play Hair Star. Yes, absolutely. (gasps) Oh, God. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so when I saw that, and I saw, quote, unquote, sexy in, in the io9 post, I nearly died. Yeah, and then you realize who it is, and you're just going to go, it's Yeah, it's, it's kind of a cringeworthy moment. But, I mean, on, on par, that, that first trailer for the new season of True Blood is kind of awesome. True, the rest of it's awesome, except for, you know, I was expecting something along along the lines of Eric Northman. And Another got, Eric Northman, yeah. And I, got, right. and I got penis face. But we also <laughs> oh! got Eric Northman in a top hat and tails. Yeah, you did. I know, so these things don't... are good. These things are good. I am not complaining. And we're at the halfway point of the show, which brings us and to... And are we? Yeah, we are. And? And? Oh, and? yes. Thank you. <laughs> And here we go. For those of you who don't get that joke, it's because I'm great at editing videos on YouTube. Because every time we take a video of an interview with someone, don't begin it. And we're here at Name of Event. <laughs> or, and I'm here with Name the Person. Yes. So, and... And it's time for the poll. Dead Redhead. I feel like we need poll theme music. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Rob Watts, can we have some poll theme music? I, I think I know where we can get some pole theme music. We just need a pole dancer. Anyway, dead so, redhead. In, in light of this this uh, dark shadows that's coming out the dome, and I still have to make our date to go see. Um, we asked, "What was?" Whoa! You just broke up. Try that again. Who's deep throating the mic at this point, Crayon? Oh my goodness! That's not the mic. <laughs> wow, they're it's going right in and out. What is going on, guys? I don't know. I like. Hmm. You know, it's time to get them a new microphone. Well, now you're you're all funky too. What's going on? I have the explanation, guys. What? What is it? Aliens. 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 Aliens? It's Prometheus. Prometheus, yes. Can you get? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Can you? <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much it. 
So sci-fi like, Saturday night like... goes techno part one. <laughs> we should do that <laughs> sometimes. I'm doing my max headroom at the moment. Evidently you are. But go for it. Try again. Okay, how's this? Sounds good. Or not. Okay. We haven't done a thing. Um, so we asked what Tim Burton's biggest misfire was. And we the our top three from our our readers and listeners were number three, the corpse bride, which I have to agree was not nightmare before Christmas. Hmm. No, not at all. But it wasn't meant to be. To be fair. All right, all right. Next, what, what was the what was the next worst one? The next was Mars Attacks, which I highly <laughs> agree with. I that, disagree. I thought that was funny. I found Mars Attacks to be hysterically funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, did yeah. too. And there's that scene where they blow up the White House. <laughs> I, I kind of like the scene with Tom Jones, but that's just me. <laughs> yes, that is just you. You know, no, you know what it was? It was like there were two movies, and there was the scene with the Martians, which was actually kind of neat in a bubblegum ah, ah. card kind of way. Ah, ah. And I think that's the piece that he wanted to do. And then they had the piece with all the stars that they made him do so he could get the money to do the movie. And that was all sucky. Um, so it was almost like there were two movies going on there. And the only time it was interesting were when the Martians were there. Wasn't that Will Smith's first Alien movie? Was he in that? I thought he was in that. Maybe I'm completely wrong. No, he was in Independence no. Day. Sorry. <laughs> because those are clearly those very are close. Yeah, they're, they're very but they close. came out around the same time. No, and, they didn't. Uh, well, they're conflated in my brain for some reason. <laughs> yes, that is the answer. So I think if, if Mars Attacks and, and Independence Day were melded together somehow... You get Men in Black. We already have you. <laughs> That's true. Good point. And Men in Black is awesome. So, Men in Black Three comes out tomorrow, and or came out yesterday. But we can talk about that later after we finish the poll. So, number one, the worst misfire for Tim Burton with the run. Oh man, I'm in suspense. It was. Pl- <laughs> Damn it! Dead Redhead, we're in so much suspense! Seriously, just tell us what it is, because you keep cutting out. I think we've lost her entirely. Oh my goodness. Uh, I couldn't hear anything, so let's try this. I- I'm just going to try to bring them back in. I don't know what's going on. I think that's on. probably the smartest. Um, if I could, but it's not... Oh, there we go. Alright, let's try that. Solar flare? Alright, X, Dead Redhead, can we conclude this, Paul? How is this? That's better. Much better. Okay, you were breaking up on us, too. Alright, well, continue. Oh, Skype again. What, what, is, what is the number one worst misfire of Tim Burton? It is Planet of the Apes. Okay. I feel better I about think we life. can all agree on that. Sure. Yes. Yes. No one thinks that was no. good. Dome, you like bad movies. Yeah, well, no, I think that's probably like the be- worst movie he ever made. Wow. Uh, Even uh, no, Dome I... thinks it sucks. I actually thought Mars Attacks was worse. I, I actually enjoyed Mars Attacks. I thought it was goofy, and, you know, Burton does a good job with goofy. He really does. Again, that's why I think The Martian was good. 
I still maintain movies don't have to be good. They have to be enjoyable. Yeah. Which is why I loved The Prestige and why I love Gangs of New York. There's something in them. There's nothing enjoyable. I am entertained by watching. Gangs of New York. And it doesn't mean that they're good films or that I think they're good films. It's that I enjoy watching them. So speaking of films that maybe aren't good, but that I really enjoy watching... A moment ago, I said, oh, hey, Men in Black comes out tomorrow and or depending on when you're listening has already came out. Come out. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought I had terrible grammar. Grammar's on Really? I had to go throw myself out the window. No, don't do that. Wait till the show's over to do that, please. Oh, okay. I will. But I'm excited about Men in Black and not just because Dunkin' Donuts has a dark chocolate donut. Oh my god, those donuts are so good. <laughs> Our Dunkin' Donuts doesn't have them yet. I am so upset about it. Oh, and you should try the dark chocolate for the coffee. Oh my god. Uh, tonight's episode brought to you by Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you hated Starbucks, X. I love Starbucks. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. So everybody oh, go grab your Dunkin' Donuts, your, your Men in Black themed coffee and donut. And go see it, and next week I'm sure we will have a report from someone on how awesome Men in Black 3 is. The end. What I'm looking forward to in Men in Black 3 is that they've totally rejected what they did with Men in Black 2. Uh, and I'm very happy about that because it was an absolute waste of time. What? Wiping Tommy Black Lee? 2. No, Tommy Lee's actually fun. No, 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 I meant they brainwiped Tommy Lee. Is that what you're talking about? Now they're no, going back? I'm just... No, I'm talking about the entire, you know, the entire movie was an absolute waste of time. I love the first one. How's the this? I don't even remember what happens in the second one. I don't either. I, yeah, I remember the first one, but I have no memory of the second they, one. They... Yeah, the second one, we find out that uh, Laura Palmer's best friend there is an alien. Yeah, and, and they wipe Kay's brain. Right. Oh, I do remember that. They send him to a post office in Maine. That's just <laughs> I, terrible. I that scene, but I don't remember much else. Is that what they're doing Wait. with all the post offices Wait, they were trying to shut down? Was they were trying? That's what happened. Patrick Warburton was in the second one. That explains everything. Nothing with Patrick Warburton could be all bad. <laughs> I'd listen to that man just just yell letters out of the alphabet. Hey, speaking of. You know, something that we're actually looking forward to seeing. Besides Men in Black, yeah. too, sure. July 23rd, I think we're all really looking forward to seeing Warehouse 13's return. Squee! I am, <laughs> I am absolutely thrilled at the thought that, you know, Sci-Fi Channel has a couple of really good shows on right now. Go Siffy. Go Siffy. And, it's X's birthday. Know, Warehouse, is thir- yeah. Warehouse 13 is definitely one of them. And Alphas starts up again right around that time, too, sometime in July. Could take or leave that one. Yeah. I'm enjoying Alphas. I am so into the fact that Lost Girl is actually being aired completely, and they're not doing anything to censor the episodes, uh, and it's an incredibly good show. Have we mentioned, though, that the one kind of terrible thing they're doing is that they're promoting lost girl as a sci-fi original series and it's really not it's really not it's i mean it canada is two years ahead of us i yeah Yeah. i'm really enjoying i really enjoyed lost girl we we finished it just recently 
Um, by... How often can you say Canada is two years ahead of us? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's let Canada have their moment. And yeah, get to say, we Lost... thought of Lost Girl and we produced it and we are letting you have it On because we are nice. Probably. Think and about it's a, it. It's a really, really classy show. Okay, it's not classy. I'm going to stop you right classy. there. It's not classy. <laughs> it's not even like really that good, but it's really entertaining. Just <laughs> really entertaining. Breaking up on us, guys. Yeah, we're all kind of breaking up a little bit. No, we're not. Oh, good. Stupid <laughs> Skype! I, I think it's just X and Dead Redhead tonight. I think they're just having issues. They're okay. breaking up on the hearing end and the speaking end. Yeah. The tubes are clogged. Somebody get the cat poker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Alrighty, so what's happening now is I'd like to take a couple of minutes and talk about uh, the Watch City Festival in Waltham, Massachusetts that Kriana Zambarian and I were at last weekend. Go right ahead, Dome. Can I, can I play the thing now? Um, Do you want to set well, it I, up? Set the, set wanna, the stage. I want to introduce that just a little bit. Context. Uh, Zombrarian couldn't breathe. <laughs> and everything else was kind of a blur. Kriana so was I'm very gonna, happy so, about this. <laughs> at this particular point in our, in our travails. And the entire city of Waltham was turned steampunk for the weekend it was an incredibly interesting and immersive experience and we started off by just kind of walking the outskirts of the city uh, walking towards the main areas where the museum is and where the uh, center of town is through all these shops and as we're going through all these wonderful intricate odd little shops we stumbled across these three women and I said, hi, how are you? What are you? What are you doing? And they said, we're singers. And I said, would you sing for me? And that brought us to this. Was that the cue? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Jezebel Grace. My name is Lily Grace. And my name is Kitty Grace. And, and together, together we are the Graces. <laughs> this is a little number we call Wenches Free. <laughs> we be wenches free. No husband or father to rule over me. Wenches are women who bear who they please. A woman who has her own money. We be no ladies, ladies are girlies with courtesies. Wenches are women who work on their knees, a woman who earns her own money. Freedom is what she believes, she's not afraid to roll up her sleeves. Cause wenches are gypsies and wenches are thieves, a woman who works for her money. Hail good wenches, I'll drink to thee, I'll drink to the women in male company. Cause all good wenches always drink for free, a woman who keeps her own money. We be wenches free, no husband or father to rule over me. Wenches are women who bed who they please, a woman who has her, a woman who works. 
works for a woman who has her own money. And that was the kind of thing that was just going on through the entire day. Just impromptu concerts, impromptu little shows. Uh, people... And also scheduled things. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really, it was really cool. And it was wonderful to see how much the steampunk community and the um, local community in Waltham managed to overlap and interact well with one another. Peacefully, even. Peacefully. And everyone was having such a good time. Like, it wasn't, sometimes when you have a big event or a con, you have a lot of tension, shall we say, between normal people and convention people. And there was none of that. It was all very, oh, hey, come and see what we're doing. And, oh, hey, that's interesting instead of, oh, God, why is that man in a bowler hat? (laughs) Oh, God, why is that person on stilts? There was some awesome stuff, seriously. Oh, God, why is that person wearing what looks like Borg eyes? Why does that dog have wings? I mean, (laughs) it was the cutest thing. He was this little air dog. Oh, gosh. (laughs) On the comic, there were dueling calliopes. No, they weren't calliopes. They were band organs. Organs. Oh, I want to take just, just a minute to thank Ellen Hagney, who is the uh, principal person at the Museum of, oh God. The Charles River Museum of Industry Charles. and Innovation. And maybe you should thank Dave Gordon for introducing us to her. And I definitely was going to thank Dave Gordon next. Uh, but Ellen set us up at the very beginning when we got there, gave us a list of people and places we shouldn't miss. We barely got to a third of them and we were, our, heads were spinning no no wait a minute no wait a minute she she didn't just give us a list she circled it in our watch city festival times (laughs) she absolutely did because there was a whole newspaper yeah and and we met the royalty uh lord what's his face and queen clara who was awesome lord leo oh right leo that's his that was and we met i was focused on queen clara And we met the mayor. And one of the things that Ellen did set up for us was uh, a kind of meeting and interview with Jean-Christophe Valtot, who was the keynote speaker there. Uh, He spoke about the defense of steampunk and... No, he did not. That was the one that we weren't (sighs) able to go to that was at the bookstore. Oh, that's right. He Uh, spoke about Jules Verne because he is the world's leading authority on on Jules Jules Verne. Verne. And they flew him in from France specifically for the festival. That's how cool it is. That's very cool. Well, the cool thing was in the front row of his talk was this woman with a an Eiffel Tower. On her hat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when she came to sit down, it was just an illustration of how the mood was for the entire day. Oh, yeah. She very kindly turned around to everyone behind her and said, is my tower in anyone's way? Because I'll take it off. <laughs> and everyone, of course, said, oh, no, it's fine. Because what do you say to the woman with the Eiffel Tower <laughs> on her head? 
from your Although head. if she was the Jules the Jules Verne talk, you would think she would have had like the what's his submarine? The Nautilus. The Nautilus, the Nautilus on her head. That would have been I cool. don't know. I feel like the Eiffel Tower was appropriate. He was French. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh I would I was lucky enough to get uh, a copy of uh, Jean Christophe's uh, book, which has just come out in paperback, Aurora Rama, and I will be writing a review of it. You were but even got luckier. To get an interview with him. Uh-huh. Which will be on our website at sometime in the very near future. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, it was... <laughs> Jean Christophe, do you mean John Christopher? No, no I'm... the creator of tripods. Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Really, and why are you here? No, he was so <laughs> cool though, and super nice. And man, I'm telling you, some of the stuff that he was talking about, you're just sitting there, you go, making connections between steampunk and Jules Verne, and the way the French uh, writing aristocracy didn't take Jules Verne as a serious writer. Uh, as more of a juvenile writer, and there were so many parallels between Jules Verne's work and uh, and, and the early work of Robert Heinlein, and Jean Christophe and I talked about that a little bit, and he also, you know, out of the clear blue, he brought up Philip K. Dick. Ooh, <laughs> no, he didn't. You did. No, oh. he brought up Philip K. Dick in his talk. Oh, his talk. I, I missed gonna... that. He also talked a lot about Poe, and it was adorable because he had his French accent, and I just wanted to listen to him talk about (laughs) Verne and Poe more and more and more. It was very cute. It was, all in all, it was such an immersive event that it was unbelievable. I could not begin to thank Ellen Hagney enough for uh, inviting us to thank Dave, Digital Dave, for uh, setting this whole thing up for us. We never even got to see Dave Gordon, which really bothered me. Although we did see him like across a room a couple of times. No, they were so, so busy. And and the other thing was um, they were severely lacking in a knitting circle. Well, they were, were they? Um, I think Zombarian and I are going to have to rectify this. Huh. Wow. So you mean Sci-Fi Saturday Night will have a steampunk knitting circle presence? <laughs> that would be my intention. It's possible. So next year, if you're a knitter, if you're a steampunk, if you just kind of think that cool stuff is cool, you should go to the Watch City Festival in Waltham, Massachusetts, because it is possibly the most fun I have ever had at any genre event ever. And I'm going to say that uh, no matter whose official podcast we are. Oh, no, it's so there. (laughs) It's a very different event. And it's uh, wow. You know, it's like a renaissance fair, but friendly. And nobody gives you the side eye if your costume isn't perfect yet. You know, what? almost no (laughs) one's costumes were perfect. Everyone. I feel like everyone's costumes are in various stages of completion. So like, so like I got a hat and and that was my entire costume. I was wearing, you know, jeans and a regular shirt, not even my sci-fi Saturday night shirt, just like a plain shirt. And this like crazy, I don't know what you would even call it. It's got peacock feathers and it's green and it's awesome. 
<laughs> you have a fascinator. Sweet. Sure, it's that fast- one. It's got little netting and beads and, and green flowers. It's awesome. And speaking of costumes, to go back to the very beginning of this segment, I would like to give mad props to the Graces. Oh, because my I tried on a corset and had trouble breathing after, what was it, like 20 minutes, Maybe. 10, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, they were all wearing corsets and they it's... were all laced in like nobody's business and they sang like that. <laughs> well, the so, real problem is not when you can't breathe. Course. The real problem is when you start getting used to it. <laughs> corsets are an art form. Well, you'll be able to see the Graces because uh, we're going to have their video posted up on the web very shortly as well. And we're, we've got a couple of interviews that we're going to post up as well as in an interview with Jean-Christophe. And, uh, sir, if you're listening, it was an honor to talk to you and it was an absolute honor to listen to you. Uh, your talk was in- incredible. I got nothing else. <laughs> oh, but so much else happened. I mean... I know. There is so much that happened, and it was all phenomenally interesting, and we can't even begin to describe it, so everyone should There was an art show. Uh, They had at least two pubs decked out. Oh, we did have the official steampunk beer. We did have the official steampunk beer. It was good. It was really good. (laughs) And by we, they mean I. (laughs) (laughs) I sipped it. Everyone else just kind of smelled it, and we're like, yeah, that smells good. It's cool. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, I want to thank the people at the Watch City Brewery, and I want to thank the people at the Skellig. We saw some belly dancing there. Oh. Uh, is is belly favorite. dancing particularly steampunk? I mean, it was fun. I don't really care. But... It is actually a lot of <laughs> a lot of steampunk, um, in a lot of steampunk things, at least that I have seen in my not so extensive research, but my research because i'm interested it have included belly dancing make the exception <laughs> <laughs> i'll take it yeah yeah. Oh, yeah oh my god is it that time yeah. it is that time we've 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 wasted another good hour of people's lives <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to waste even more what have we got coming up in the next couple of weeks Alex? Well, next week, it's director Tony Diana with Attack of the Atomic Zombies, the official film of Boston Comic-Con 2012. Then on June 2nd, we start planning Geek Week Early with Kevin Harrington. June 9th, it's Double Midnight's Pat Covey joining us for our annual GraniteCon special, plus featured GraniteCon artist Karen Goslin. And on June 16th, you can judge a book by her covers. It's Boston Comic-Con artist extraordinaire Anne Kane. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Granite State Comic Con, the Boston Comic Con, and of ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by The Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold the Folk, at RobWattsOnline.com. Dome? Well, I'd like to thank our guest, but we didn't have one tonight, so I'd really, <laughs> I'd really like to thank the cast because, uh, you know, the work that we were here. here. Yeah, that's right. You guys were here, and, and I appreciate Except for Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> He's always late. Except for Hank Pym. It's because he can't fly. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
from Uvir Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Piana, and Grammar Girls on Brilliant. Thank you, ladies. You know, at least I get a shiny thing in my chest. It's true, you do. From the Four Color Vault of Comics, great thanks to <laughs> Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. I don't want the world, I just want your half. Hey, that's my line. Actually, that's a, to that's a Tony Stark line. And at that point, this is the dome. Saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. I know.